Welcome to this week's episode of the NACF Podcast, our first podcast of 2024. And this year, in the House of Antioch, it is all about Jesus. So listen up this month as we start a new series, Jesus Saves. So listen to Senior Pastor Dr. Nida M. Parson discuss how Jesus saves not only in the biblical times, but in the modern times, he saves us from ourselves. Before we start today's episode, we'd like to give you the opportunity to partner with us. We want to be a sustainable resource to you and your loved ones when they're looking for a place of faith. You can cash out us. That's dollar sign, New A, Aliante. You can text give, text 77977 to New Antioch, all one word. You can visit our website, that's newantioch-aliante.org. Hit the donate tab and you can donate safely and securely. Or you can mail it in. That's 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100, North Las Vegas, Nevada, 89084, Suite 100. And we thank you in advance for your partnership. Also, links will be in the description of this podcast. Now, the episode. The Bible says he saw the wind and he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Thank God Jesus saved me. It's our custom to stand for the reading of the word of God in reverence to his word. And we read together. It's there for you on the screen. Let's read together. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Can I stop right there? Truly, you are the Son of God. You may, be having, you may have your seats. This year, we are giving you Jesus. All year long, we're going to give you Jesus. As the people begin to come in this place, they're going to come from the north and the south, from the east and the west. They're going to come to this place, from the crack house and the penthouse, from the corner and the casino, from the gutter and the gated community, from the high class to the working class to the no class. They are going to come. They will come here, the unchurched. The underchurched, the overchurched, 
the sick of church. They're going to come here. And as they come to any of our campuses, we are going to give them Jesus. For truly he is the son of God who came to sacrifice his life to forgive the sins of the world and to destroy the works of Satan. Jesus. The one who came to bring the kingdom of God into the earth and then give us access to that kingdom. We're going to give you Jesus. But well, why are we doing that? Because the number one problem in Las Vegas is that people need to be saved. It's not gambling, it's not drinking, it's not drugs, it's not prostitution or sex trafficking or corruption. The number one problem of Las Vegas is that these people need to be saved. Look at somebody say, y'all need to be saved. And there's no other name given among human beings which, by which we can be saved except the name of Jesus. So all year long, because we're looking for an influx in all three campuses this year, all year long, we're going to present Jesus. All of our songs are going to be about Jesus. All of our preaching is going to be about Jesus. And this first month, the theme will be Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And that's my topic today. Jesus saves. Saves. Go to my next slide. Salvation is the all-inclusive word of the gospel, and it is threefold in its execution. Let me teach you, teach you a little bit today. You all read that with me. Salvation is the all-inclusive word of the gospel, and it is threefold in its execution. Now, if you're a minister, servant, leader, pastor, you need to know this sentence by heart. Let's do it again. Salvation is the all-inclusive word of the gospel, and it is threefold in its execution. Threefold, you have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. If you have accepted Jesus into your heart, if you believe in him and have been forgiven of your sins, that means everything you did wrong, then you have been saved retrospectively. You are being saved presently, and you will be saved eternally. So let's try this again. Read that. Salvation is the all-inclusive word of the gospel, and it is threefold in its execution. You have been saved retrospectively. You are being saved presently, and you will be saved eternally. Somebody say, Jesus saved. Now, scholars... Uh, have different, uh, uh, Darian, have different uh, opinions about what his name means. Um, I've always gone with Jehovah is salvation. Some say Yahweh is salvation, which is basically the same thing. Uh, it can mean the Lord saves. It can simply mean he saves. Uh, and some even say it's just salvation, that Jesus means salvation. But what is constant through uh, all of these interpretations of his name is the salvation part. Jesus saves. 
Salvation or saved, to be saved. Salvation is the all-inclusive word of the gospel. So when studying that word, the original word, yasha in the Hebrew or sozo in the Greek, throughout the Bible, when you study it from Genesis to Exodus, that word means a whole list of things. It means to be rescued. It means freedom from captivity. It means freedom from confinement and restriction and given out to an open space. It means preservation. It means healing. It means deliverance. It means health. It means wholeness, to be made completely whole. It means to be kept safe and sound. It means to be made well. It means to be saved from judgment. Uh, it means to be saved from going to hell. It means to be restored. And it's like this. It's like God knowing all that was needed to bring mankind back to our intended state and into eternal relationship with him. Knowing all that was needed. God said, I need to do that. I need to heal him. And then I need to free them from the devil and then, then I need to set them free from, the, from their captivity and, and I need to preserve them and I, he just begin I need I gotta do this and I gotta save them from judgment and then I need to restore them to better than what they were and, and I need to, and it's like he said all of this is what I need to get them back to their intended state he wrapped it all in one word and called it being saved oh that's one of my favorite things he wrapped the whole package up and called it being saved. Let me explain it this way. If saved was fast food, it'd be called a combo. If saved was insurance, it would be called a bundle. If saved was an employer, it would be called a benefit package. If saved was a resort vacation, it would be called an all-inclusive. So salvation is the all-inclusive word of the gospel. You get all of that when you get saved. Somebody say, Jesus saved. So all of our preaching this month will come from the gospels that record the life of Jesus. You will know him so much better after this year. Hang with us this year. If you're listening by live stream, come on in the house and hang with us this year. Listen to every sermon. You'll know so much more about Jesus. You're going to know him better after this year because he is a God that you can know. You can know him. And why is that important that you know him? Because knowing him is life. That's what life really is. John 17 and 3, Jesus said it like this. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is simply knowing him. So we're going to be in the gospel so you can know him. So this first text uh, for this first Sunday of the year is coming from Matthew chapter 14. Now chapter 14 starts out by telling us what happened to John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been beheaded by the ruler of the time because he spoke truth to power. And as he spoke truth to power, power didn't like it. So they cut his head off. 
uh, which was okay and fit in the plan because John the Baptist had already said, I've got to decrease so that he can increase. He was the greatest evangelist and prophet of the time. And he said, now that Jesus is on the scene, I just got it ready for him. So I'm going to have to decrease anyway. And Jesus is going to have to increase. But Jesus loved John. And John's disciples had come to tell Jesus what happened to John the Baptist. And uh, Jesus loved him. John, John the Baptist was actually his cousin. And he was his forerunner who had made the way from him. John the Baptist was somebody that Jesus considered the greatest man that ever lived. So Jesus was hurt. Jesus was heartbroken. And he just wanted to get away and grieve the loss of his cousin. And what happened to him, Jesus was hurting. And so he got on a boat. And, but the people found out where he was headed. So they were waiting for him when he got there. As he got on the boat and he God, as soon as he landed, he's got all these people that were waiting for him when he got there. And he was so moved with compassion for the people that he put his grief aside to minister. Welcome to the ministry. He put his grief aside to minister to the people. The Bible says he healed all their sick. And after he did that, but now they've been with him all day and they're hungry. And the disciples said, look, they on their own. Send them away so they didn't need to find something to eat. But Jesus, I love Jesus. In spite of his fatigue, in spite of his grief, Jesus pushed one more miracle out of himself. After a long, hard day, after a grieving day, after all his strength was gone, he reached, he saw the need of the people and he just found it from somewhere. And he, 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 he pushed one more miracle. He took five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 men plus the women, plus the children. Honey, but by then, we're my introverts. By then, he is all out of people points. Not only he's out of people points, he's out of virtue. And so he even sent the disciples away. I don't even want to be with y'all. I feel you, Jesus. He sent the disciples away on that boat that they came on. He sent the people back home. They full and they healed. So y'all going back home? And Jesus said, I'm out. See y'all later. He went to a mountainside. To be alone and to pray, which went, he wasn't quite alone. He went alone to pray. And Sharon, I don't know what he and God talked about. I don't know if the angels came to strengthen him. I don't know, Terry, if there was some heavenly Red Bull or if there was some holy Starbucks espresso shots. Or if there was some sanctified prednisone. That's steroids for y'all, don't know. I don't know what happened on that mountain. Maybe God just loved on him. Maybe God preached to him a word. Maybe God reminded him of who he was and why he was there. Oh, but when he came off that mountain. When Jesus came out that mountain, he looked over at the lake, which was in a full storm at that time. And he saw his boys riding them rough waves and not getting anywhere. He was feeling so good. 
and refreshed and powerful, he decided to catch up with them by just walking on top of the wall. Oh, I see that the oxygen, I'm feeling, talking about feeling his Wheaties. He uh, 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 was feeling himself. He said, huh, I think I'll just walk home. I think I'll just walk on the water. Why not? And of course, when they saw him, they started freaking out. They thought it was ghosts. The Bible says they were terrified. The Bible said they was crying out in fear. to do. 
Make sure you're coming towards Jesus. If that thing ain't working out, maybe that thing that you thought you had faith for wasn't coming toward Jesus. He told you to come, but you went. He told you up, but you went down. He told you right, but you went left. He told you to come to him, but you went for the money. You went to the highest bidder. Or you went for the approval of people. Or you went towards your own pride, what's going to make you feel good and look good. But Peter did it right. He came towards Jesus until. The Bible says he saw the wind. And he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Thank God Jesus saved. But, but let's get in the text with Peter. Y'all come with me in the text. Let's, let's get in the text with Peter. Let's get in the water with him. Peter lost faith when he got afraid. But it was faith that was keeping him on the water. Faith was what was keeping him on the water. Jesus often said, it was your faith. You ain't throw it all on me. It was your faith. Evidently, it was faith that was keeping him on the water. And when he begins to lose faith, uh, because he's afraid, he begins to sink. And as he begins to sink, now Peter's in deep water. Y'all come on in the water with me. At this point, he's in deep water. Now, jumping out of the boat, was his idea. He initiated this dilemma. This is something he wanted to do. It was something he wanted to do and then he asked Jesus to bless it. If that's you, you call me to come out here. So, so let me talk to some folk who can admit you got yourself into deep water. I got any honest folk out here? Me too. You got yourself into deep water. Because sometimes we sign up for stuff and then ask God to bless it. We sign up for it and we ask God to bless it because at that point we recognize that we can't do it on our own. So you prayed about it after you decided it was what you wanted to do. Am I here? <laughs> you prayed about it after you decided it was what you wanted to do and now you're in deep water. You decided to get married. Now, you in deep water. Your finances and all those bills, stuff you signed up for, 
and now you're in deep water. You started that business. Deep water. You got into that relationship. You signed up for those college classes. Your physical health. Y'all better be glad y'all live in the United States because the United States will pay you a disability check for stuff you did to yourself. You in the house. I know. That's why, that's why some of y'all not really trying to get healed. Because if I get healed, I gotta get his check back. <laughs> but you are in bad physical health. In your physical health, you're in deep water and you did it to yourself. Had all them cheering. You wanted a family. Parenting is deep water. Some of you, even the ministry, you signed up for a ministry and found yourself in deep water. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking some risk in life. Matter of fact, anybody that's wealthy take risks. It, it, it's risky to get out there and put your money to work for you. There's nothing wrong with taking risk in life. You go, baby, I don't want to pause right here. I got to preach, but I, I'm going to have to part. Grand BJ, we prayed for her. God had me praying uh, for certain people. And I pulled Grand BJ up, and, and Grand BJ has, has done so well that uh, I, I said to God, I need you to bless her and blow her mind. And she's taking some risk. I asked you to bless her and blow her mind. And I said, God, I know you've been so good to her, it's hard to blow her mind. But do it anyway, God. Just blow her mind. While we were praying for her, her phone keeps going off. And when she finally said, saw, saw what was calling her in while we were praying, three of her properties had sold while we were praying. They were giving her the closing day, and her eyes were bleeding, and she was shaking her head. And I was like, look at you, God. You blew her mind. It's hard to play for her every God. You blew her mind. Thank you, just a little praise break right there. Oh, so there's nothing wrong with taking the risk. Actually, if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. And that was the exact message that I preached 22 years ago today. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. There's nothing wrong with taking risks. But sometimes when you're taking risks, you're going to find yourself in deep water. You got yourself in deep water. But still, some of us are in deep because Jesus called us to it. Because Jesus did tell Peter to come. What you're drowning in is God's idea. Do any of our Christian fellowship, one church had three sites, was not 
my idea. But it is. Deep water. He called you to something he knew you couldn't handle on your own. And what you're drowning in is God's idea. The song says, you called me out upon the waters. The great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery in oceans deep. My faith will stand. Some deep water is God's idea. It's your calling. It's your purpose. It's your destiny. You're supposed to be in this marriage. You're supposed to have these children. You're supposed to open that business. You're supposed to be in this ministry. Some deep water is God's idea. And sometimes what had you in deep water wasn't anybody's idea. Life just be life. Life is just life, but it has you in deep water. You were good in life until the storm came. You were good until the enemy came in like a flood. You were good until the economy tanked. Till you lost your job. Or till you got sick. You were good till your spouse went left. Or till the baby came. Or that you had a sickness or a death in your body or in the family that changed everything. Or you had a, you were good till you had a mental health crisis. Now you're in deep water as... As First Lady Gaga said, I'm off the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'll never meet the ground. Crash through the surface. She said, we far from the shallow now. Y'all need to watch some more movies. So Peter is in deep water. How did he get there, though? Because a minute ago, he was walking on water. But now, he's in deep. How did you get in the deep water? How'd you get in the deep water? Do you feel like you're drowning? Are you overwhelmed? Do you ever feel like this is too much? Does it feel like you might not make it through this? How did you get into deep water? May I suggest that you didn't keep your eyes above the waves. He said, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. The Bible says he saw the wind. He saw the wind. Victoria, I got a problem with the text. Because you can't see wind. You can only see what the wind impacts. And they're in water, so there's no dirt in the wind to even see how it's moving. At least in Las Vegas, when the wind is blowing, you can see it blowing the dirt around, and you can see that it's twisted, or it's going this way or that way, but they don't know water. So what in the world did he see? Since you can't see the wind, he saw what the wind was doing to the water. Also known as waves. Peter didn't keep his 
the waves. Can I talk about the waves? Because I'm not mad at Peter Liz. It's so hard to ignore the waves. It's hard to ignore the waves of the arguments in your marriage. It's hard to ignore the waves of bills that keep on coming. It's hard to ignore pain in your body. It's hard to ignore the doctor's report. It's hard to ignore the symptoms. It's hard to ignore loneliness and depression and anxiety. Y'all, it's hard to ignore this weight gain. Hard to ignore the waves. Only fat girls got that way. It's hard to ignore the waves. It's hard to ignore the tears in the night. It's hard to ignore those months that you're getting further and further behind. Y'all, it's hard to ignore the wind and the waves and the wind and the waves will convince you that you can't do what you're already doing. Somebody gonna get that in a minute. It's hard to ignore the winds and the waves because they, they're they going to begin to convince you that you can't do what you're already doing. Dude, you're already walking on water. And more than that, you're walking on water in the middle of a storm. Get it? Y'all don't let the winds and the waves convince you that you can't do what you've already been doing. You're walking on water. And the thing about it is you've been walking on water in the midst of a storm. You're in the middle of it and you're making it. You're in the middle of it and you're still here. You're in the middle of it and you ain't killed nobody. You're in the middle of it and you haven't lost your mind. You're still in the middle of it and you still believe. Because if you didn't believe, you wouldn't be sitting in church this afternoon. You're walking on water in the middle of a storm. You're out here with Jesus. And he won't leave you or forsake you. He's making a way out of no way. No way should you be surviving. If it wasn't for Jesus, you wouldn't have made it through this. Don't let the devil convince you that you can't do what you're already doing. You're walking on water in the midst of a storm. Lift you up. You're missing the miracle looking at the storm. You're missing the miracle. Looking at the waves, you're missing the miracle. Listening to the thunder, feeling the wind, watching the boat go tossed to and fro. You're missing the miracle that you're making it. That even this is working for your good. That God is still working. That God is still making a way. That God is holding you together. That you are not going to sink. You've been walking on water all this time. You've been doing it with Jesus and you couldn't have done it if he didn't give you the power to do it. There's no way you could have done this on your own. And some of you don't even know it. You don't even know. You've been walking on water. You thought you was tough. You thought you was just making good decisions. You thought you just had it like that. 
Utah, it was black girl magic. Jesus saves. Jesus. 
Jesus helps and he makes whole and he keeps you safe and sound and Jesus makes you well and he saves you from judgment. He saves you from hell. He restores you to better than you were before. Somebody say Jesus saves. And the Bible says whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. The old saint said he'll catch you before you fall. He'll catch you before you fall. Then he said, oh, you a little fade. Man, we was having fun. I was loving this. Man, why did you tell? I told you I was going to work it out. So you think I'm three, four months late? Why'd you doubt? I know he was tripping yesterday, but I told you. I mean, why'd you doubt? You've been walking on water in the middle of the storm all this time, and I'm just enjoying you stretching out on faith, and now a few waves hit you, and, 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 and you're tripping. Why'd you doubt? We grew up on the song, Jackie and Rev might know this song. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within. I was sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, now safe and saved am I. Jesus reached into the deep water and saved Peter. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. I guess the wind said everything I did, did nothing I did work. <laughs> There's another scripture where it says the wind laid down. He said, I've been laid down. I've been, I've been working all night. Jesus come, he walking on waves and he God didn't save the wind. The wind just died down. Y'all, the wind's going to die down after a while. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And he is. Jesus is truly the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus saves. You might feel like you're in deep water. Some of you physically. Some of you financially. Some of you is that relationship that you're in. Some of you feel like you're drowning spiritually or emotionally or mentally. You might be here today and you need to be made whole or you need to be rescued. Even if it's stuff you've got yourself into, it don't matter. Jesus saved. You may need to be healed or restored. You might just need some help. And somebody here needs to be forgiven for everything that they've done wrong. Y'all, it's all in the package. It's in the bundle. It's in the combo. It's all inclusive. Jesus saves. And those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he's reaching out his hand to you today. 
through us. You don't have to drown in this. He's reaching out his hand to pull you out through the men and women of God who are going to pray for you today. So come. Come and be saved. And I don't mean just be saved from your sins, be saved. But we got, we're going to do that too. But whatever you need to be rescued from, whatever you feel like you need to be drowning in, come, come on, get out of that deep water and get back to walking on it. And that is the end of our podcast for this week. We thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in next week or we'll have another new episode. We have three campuses conveniently located around the Las Vegas Valley that you can join us. We have a New Antioch Christian Fellowship, our central campus at 2917 West Washington, services at 9 a.m. We have New Antioch Christian Fellowship Aliante, 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100, North Las Vegas, Nevada, 89084. Service time is at 1230 p.m. We have Sunrise Christian Fellowship, located at 4344 West Cheyenne. Service time is at Saturday night at 6 p.m. So make sure you stop in and pop in at one of our three campuses designed to serve the whole community. We'll see you next time on the NACF Podcast.